Hello, and welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Downstage Center. I'm Heather Hitchens, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing, and I hope you enjoy today's program. I'm Frank Delella for the American Theatre Wing in New York One, and I'm here with Andrew Rannells, the Tony nominee star of the Book of Mormon. Hey, Andrew, what's up? <laughs> Hi, Frank. How are you? Um, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. So, Andrew, you are in the hottest show in town now, the Book of Mormon, currently playing on Broadway. How's it going? It's great. We are in, um, I guess, our seventh month of performance, which is hard to believe because it's gone by so quickly. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's been very exciting. As I as I mentioned to you before we started, we've, we've sort of gotten into vacation time. So I took a vacation a couple weeks ago. Josh was on vacation last week. Rory O'Malley is on vacation this week. Nikki's on. She's gone next week. So um, it's exciting to get to see all of our understudies and our, our standbys get to go on for these roles that we you know haven't seen anybody else play. So the ship. Go ahead. No, it's just exciting. It's exciting to see the different sort of interpretations of, of these parts. Yeah, the show is hilarious. I've seen it twice. It was there on opening night with you. Yes, um, we I have to ask you, first question, Andrew, how do you keep a straight face doing this show uh, <laughs> nightly eight times a week? Um, it was, uh, you know, when we started, I never, I never even allowed myself to go down that road because it's very hard with Josh. And I knew that like, even in like read throughs and things initially when we did the, the workshop, uh, a year ago last summer, um, I knew that that was going to be uh, dangerous territory, so I never allowed myself to even uh, entertain that. To, to you know, to uh, to even begin to, to laugh at him while we were while we were working. Um, it's happened a few times on stage because we get um, Josh and I have be, have become very close um, off stage and uh, and on stage. I, I think we have a, a pretty great um, rapport, so we do sort of push each other. Um, to see how far we can uh, we can go. I don't think the audience necessarily knows what's going on, but like Josh, Josh is is kind of a prankster on stage, and I I, I think I am as well a little bit. So it's a, it's a dangerous but uh, but exciting uh, pair the two of us. I think <laughs> I love that. Fill me in and fill our listeners in on uh, some of the pranks you guys do. Um, you know, I will I will try to uh, very subtly try to hold Josh's hand on stage sometimes. Um, when no one can see, like if someone's standing in front of us, I'll try to hold, make him hold my hand, um, which makes him very uncomfortable. And um, but he he has no poker face, so it's not it's not really fair because he will break immediately, and I yeah I, I have a little bit of an easier time with that. So so that's that's my go to when I really want to get Josh. Is I try to I try to make him hold my hand, or I like I touch his hair sometimes. He does not enjoy that. <laughs> um, so yeah yeah that's uh it's totally juvenile, but uh, but we do do it occasionally. It keeps. It, fresh, it does right? keep it fresh. It does keep it fresh. So after years of development, Book of Mormon finally arrived on Broadway this past spring. You, from what I understand, were one of the last folks to join the company. That's I know, um, you know, two other Broadway stars who were playing your part in workshop production: Cheyenne Jackson, Daniel Reichard, and Ben Walker too. Actually, oh, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Now, uh, Andrew, talk to me about you know joining the company, kind of you know in, in its final phase prior to uh, opening on Broadway. Sure. I had always I had heard about these workshops and these readings of the Book of Mormon, but always. After the fact, and um, um, it was always very disappointing to me because I would hear about it after it happened. Like, oh, Cheyenne just did a you know a reading of this, and I'm like, oh, God, um, you know, uh, I so badly wanted to be a part of it, and kind of let it go a little bit because I didn't really know it was so secretive that I didn't really. No one really knew kind of what was happening with it or what the status of it was, um, and then randomly, like in you know whenever that was, two thousand and. Nine, uh, 2010. I mean, uh, I got a 
uh, a phone call just with an audition um, for this last workshop that they were doing that summer. And um, it was a pretty quick audition process as Broadway shows go. I mean, it was two auditions, um, one for the the director at the time and then uh, the – the next audition was for Trey and Matt, and then I had they flew me out to Los Angeles right away to read with Josh, um, to kind of do a little chemistry read to see how we played off each other, and um, then a couple days later I had an offer. So all, it was like less than two weeks, I think, the entire process, wow. um, which was really quick. And then about a month later we started the workshop, and it was sort of understood that that was going to be, you know, hopefully would be the cast that went on to this, you know, this Broadway run. Um, and luckily that was that was the case for me, but. Uh, it was um it was very exciting but also intimidating because I knew that those other guys had played this part before me mm-hmm. in these in the various readings and things. So I wasn't exactly sure what the expectation was gonna be on Trey and Matt and Bobby's end. Um if I was if I was gonna be fitting into something that was already created or if I was gonna be allowed to um sort of create this with them. And much to my surprise and um relief, they were so uh so super, super generous with the writing and um with working with me and and, and Josh is sort of developing these characters for us as a as a pair. Um which was really great and not always the case, you know, with, with um with new works that you get that much freedom. But uh we would notice that if there was something that we did, you know, particularly funnily one day in rehearsals, then there would be more of that the mm-hmm. next day and you know, it would it, they really took into account our skill set um, in the writing, which was great. And Bobby, the, you know, same thing with you know with the music and everything. You know, keys were adjusted for me, and and um, Stephen Remus was also super generous with that, and and just kind of placing everything in the best way for us. So um, I just felt very very honored and super taken care of by that group because they really um, paid a lot of, t- of attention to sort of what we were bringing. To the table. Fantastic. Yeah. And this is your first role where you're, or, or, or the first show where you're originating role on Broadway. Yes. You previously were seen in, um, you did Jersey Boys Jersey and you Boys did and Hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. What was different about this process compared to the other two? Well, Broadway shows. I was lucky that those those you know Hairspray was my first Broadway show, and that was obviously a big hit on Broadway. And I joined them, I guess, like two and a half years into their run, maybe almost three years into their run, um, and about the same time with Jersey Boys, actually, too, which was also a huge a huge hit. But you know, I had the sort of advantage of knowing what the show was and sort of what the deal was, but also the disadvantage of following in someone else's footsteps. So. There was always the you know sort of the shadow of Matt Morrison and the you know shadow of Daniel Reichard when I was you know playing those parts because they originated it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a different, it's a totally different gig. But those shows were so great, um, and I was so I was so excited to be a part of them that uh, I mean I loved both of those experiences. But this is this is um, obviously a much sort of maybe more totally fulfilling experience because I got to originate it. So yeah, yeah there's a different ownership of it. There you go. Yeah. The Book of Mormon is bold, in-your-face musical comedy. Yes. While its purpose is not to offend, uh, some of the content may be a little offensive to some theater goers. You make light of AIDS, female mutilation, poverty. Oh, Frank. How do you deal with this, you know, as a performer? Well, and You know what I will say about I, – I, um, I, so, I don't think that I – don't, I don't think that we're trying to make light of, of AIDS or – female genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it is 
it is dealt with in sort of a matter-of-fact way. When we, I mean, I don't think it's any big surprise that Josh and I play Mormon missionaries who, for our mission, get sent to Uganda. So completely ill-equipped to deal with the realities of what it is to be sort of stationed in Uganda. So when we arrive, the Ugandans, through song, um, sort of tell us about what is the day-to-day reality of, of living there and, and sort of what problems they face. And, and they do it in a very um, sort of Disney-fied um, musical number that we do um, with some uh, explicit lyrics. And um, but but I, I I don't think I mean I think it's it, it, interesting. It obviously gets laughs, and it's obviously sort of shocking and surprising. But those are all facts. I mm-hmm. mean, the, yes, eighty percent of you know you know I think they say eighty percent of the people in this village have AIDS. That is a fact in a lot of. Um, communities like that in in, in Uganda, and um, uh, unfortunately, the the female genital mutilation um, is not a that is a practice that takes place. Um, and I, I suppose there's we do we are presenting it in sort of a light way, but also sort of a fact in a factual way. But mm-hmm. it is very surprising to hear those things sung. Um, <laughs> I think for the first time on Broadway, yes. I was I was a little shocked. Yeah, I'd say the first yeah. time I heard it. Yeah, but you know what? Um, but it's a slow build, you know. And yeah. I feel like there's yeah. a um, it, that's sort of the brilliance of Bobby and, and Trey and Matt is that the the build the ramp up into that section in particular is is jarring but is slow enough that I think people are sort of on board with kind of what's happening for mm-hmm. the most part um, and, and taking in that information. And uh, there's, there's a kind of a crazy litmus for me in the show. There's there's two jokes. It's the same joke told two different times, once in the first act, once in the second act. Um, th- and I, I, I mean I hesitate to even say what it is, but um, it's, it's it's a baby raping joke. There's mm-hmm. literally a joke about this man says – I mean there's a, a myth in Uganda and this right. is a true – this is a fact that there, there was – you know, people in, in certain tribes thought that um, by having sex with a virgin, it would actually cure you of AIDS. And there was a, a huge problem um, that children were becoming infected by with HIV because of these, these mm-hmm. rapes. Mm-hmm. So that is brought up once and it is – it's sort of – the audience sort of takes that information and usually with like a gasp of some kind. But then somewhere along the line, they get on board in a, in, a, in a crazy way, and in the second act, the same joke is repeated, and it gets a huge laugh. So I think it's a it's a crazy indication of how far the audience is willing to sort of go with us, mm-hmm. um, that they sort of accept the sort of tone and the sort of spirit of the show, and they know it's not you know meant to be mean or anything, but they. Um, but they they get on board, and for me, that's it's the craziest it's the craziest sort of litmus of of how brilliant those guys are that they they're able to get an audience to travel that far in that amount of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. talk to me about the audiences. Uh, how have they been? I know uh, people were worried at first, you know, with the Mormons coming to see the show, but you know, from the blogs that I've read and doing my research, Mormons have seen the show, yeah. and and they're. They, I don't want to say they like the show, but they they respect the show. Sure. What have audiences been like, uh, Andrew? Well, you know, when we first started, it was kind of a love fest every night, you know, and and I think that we kind of had a false sense, not a false sense, but well, yeah, a false sense that like everyone was going to love it, and it was it was great. And as we sort of continue, we do realize that there there will be audiences that do not all of a sudden you know leap to their feet at the end of this or are completely on board, you know, from the from the beginning. 
But particularly with the Mormons that have come to see the show, the interest, I mean, they always have a problem with the language. I mm-hmm. mean, and these are this is the small group of people who actually like stay afterwards to to talk to us, whether it be you know if they are able to come backstage or if they're waiting outside, you know, as we're leaving the theater to talk to us. Um, they all have a problem with the language, uh, but the spirit of the show is is the overall message of the show is pretty positive about faith and about you know sort of where religion comes from and and so that they can really sort of get on board with and we haven't really had any major backlash from anyone uh, to my knowledge and um, and you know the Mormons that do come say like that they you know they can they can get on board with the fact that it's actually a, a surprisingly sweet show about you know uh, conf- you know reaffirming your faith and and where that comes from and does it matter where it comes from and uh it's it's um it's really surprising it's been very surprising for us I know, uh, going back to being the hottest show in town, um, you've had some fancy folks stop by the show. Sure, sure. What's uh, been the most uh, interesting celeb experience at well, the Book of Mormon? Well, I mean, you know, it, it predictable but um, but completely true. Um, when Oprah came, that was a pretty major event. Uh, Oprah and Gail came to see the, our show, which we I think I t- we were talking about tweeting, Andrew. I think you tweeted that picture. I sure did. What, are you kidding? <laughs> um, no, yeah, they came to see the show, which was – that was pretty crazy. Um, most because I mean I you know I grew up with Oprah on television and and obviously she's you kind of can't escape her mm-hmm. reach um, but uh, it's really crazy to watch other people react to her like the audience and like other folks in our cast and stuff it's it's um it's pretty trippy to Would, see people like react so crazily to her what yeah. was what was her reaction to the show she was really lovely um, and came backstage and was so generous with her time and took pictures with everybody and was super super sweet about the show and um, and and said that she you know thought it was very funny and it was you know that she couldn't believe she was laughing at some of the things she was laughing at but um, yeah really just really lovely yeah so which, which was great as was Gail <laughs> as was Gail but um, yeah we've had a whole slew of, of, of kind of crazy um, celebrities they don't, always don't come backstage right but um, like a big one for me was when Jim Carrey came because I feel like I don't know I just really I just loved Jim Carrey yeah. and um, yeah so when he came to see the show and he was sitting pretty close to the front uh, and during the curtain call he looked at me and he gave me like a double thumbs up which I was I just about wet my pants um, <laughs> stamp of approval I know right but uh, yeah so that was that was pretty amazing now, let's talk about your character, Elder Price. Sure. Um, in crafting him, I know you went to – or in doing your research for him, I know you went to a Mormon center here in the city. I did. And, you know, that was an interesting experience for you. You know, for our listeners, just, you know, go through that. What happened? Sure. I um, I wanted to to meet with some missionaries just to kind of get sort of the general pitch. So I'm, I'm, all, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, which also has a, a rather large Mormon population. Mm-hmm. So, so when I was home right before we started the workshop, I actually I, I, uh, I visited a Mormon visitor center in Omaha as well. So I met with some there and then I met with a couple um, here in New York. And uh, the thing that I was really taken by was that – I mean I think these – the guys that I met with here were 19 and 20 mm. and there was not – there was no humor to them at all and not necessarily in a bad way but just that that they're they were really on this mission here in New York and and their their spirit was so genuine with which they were telling me about you know the mormon religion and um i felt a little guilty actually talking to them because you know i wasn't there with you know honest uh uh 
an honest reason to be there. I didn't tell them that I was doing a show called The Book of Mormon and I was, you know, from the creators of South Park and I was, you know, curious as to how missionaries act. Yeah. Um, I went sort of with some deceit and just to sort of get like an honest pitch from them. And um, and it was really surprising that they they had this this huge, great love for this religion that they were they were trying to express to me. And there was no – they were just – there was no bullshit about it. It was just – it was um, – yeah, they were just very straightforward young guys who were, felt very passionately about Mormonism. So um, that's, so that's what, I, what I tried to sort of incorporate into, into my portrayal of this kid is that there was – there's no winking at it. There's no, there was no larger sense of like this is kind of crazy. But they really did just sort of take it all at face value and um, it was really eye-opening to, to, to see that firsthand. Wow. Yeah. You guys, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a former Mormon in your cast. Clark Johnson, yeah. Um, what has your interaction been like with him? Well, Clark was a great sort of touchstone to have in rehearsals, and I think everyone sort of used him and his sort of background, including Trey and Matt and Bobby, mm-hmm. just kind of and, – and Casey Nicola to sort of run things by him. Um, and he was – it was, you know, very forthcoming with sort of his experience and um, – with what that was like uh, for him to to go on this mission, and, and he went to BYU and then did his mission. I believe he was in like rural Mexico, like central Mexico. I want to say, but oh, I wow. could be wrong. Um, but you know, the whole deal for two years. I mean, it's a little more staunch than we portray it in the show. I mean, you know, there's no television, no radio. Um, you don't really read any outside materials for two years. You don't contact your family. The, the, the you know contact with your Sort of family back home is very limited, so no um, coffee, no coffee, and you're drinking. Coffee I'm drinking now. coffee right now, and I have a glass of whiskey in my other hand. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but it's um, but he was he was good. He was good. He's a, and still remains to be a good person too. On to sort of chat through things with, and we've had a lot of other. You know, there's a lot of showbiz Mormons or mm-hmm. ex Mormons, and um, a lot of them. Will have come Swenson, to see Will Broadway's, Swenson, sure, Broadway's sure. Will Swenson, Broadway's Will Swenson. He came to see the show, and he, um, you know, and he was he shared a little bit of his experience too with the, you know, his his um, sort of journey with with Mormonism. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting, particularly from that perspective, like the the showbiz Mormons um, that maybe aren't practicing right now, but who have who've kind of actually been on a similar journey to maybe what. Elder Price goes through a little bit, you know, in terms of having the faith and then maybe losing the faith and then sort of finding it again in a different way, maybe changing some of the vocabulary, but but keeping that sort of spirit. Yeah. What I love about the show, you know, the bigger picture, it's not just about the Mormon religion. It's about religion in general Absolutely. and faith. Um, Andrew, how has this show uh, changed your view on religion or has it changed your view on religion? Well, I mean, I was raised um, Catholic, Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, a whole mm-hmm. bit. Um, went to church every Sunday with the family and all of that. And um, but Catholicism, at least the way that my family did it, was a little more like cafeteria style. Yeah. I think like it was a little. We were able to sort of pick and choose a little bit how we, what we believed in and how we believed it. Um, so this is obviously like you know what we're portraying is. Um, is a little more uh, strict, I guess. Um, but I, I can't say that it's it's hugely changed my my sort of opinion about religion. I guess it maybe has made me a little more understanding of of people's faith and maybe why people um, why people sort of gravitate towards religions. I always had a sort of a hard time imagining like. The process of converting, like to go through the trouble of converting to another religion, seemed like 
such a pain in the ass to me and like what what is the point um but um sort of through the show and sort of learning about these missionaries and particularly not not maybe not so much in the united states but abroad you do understand why these people oftentimes in third world countries who have so little um materially but and and some you know sometimes spiritually as well that that these guys show up or these women show up uh with this message of hope and I guess that sometimes can kind of like fuzz out sort of the details of what they're selling, but like the overriding message of of hope that they're selling to these people, I, I understand that a little bit more as to why that would be so appealing, particularly if you didn't really have much, you know, to hold on to. And then these people come and and as Clark sort of explained to us too that you know a lot of times they it's it it's such a larger sort of community based project it's not just about getting these people to go to church or getting baptized it's about starting schools and starting you know some sort of like work programs or a hospital or so they're sort of setting these communities up and oftentimes uh and Clark had ex- expressed this and then I had sort of read the the same that that um, sometimes when these missionaries leave, the religion part of it kind of falls away, but the community structure stays the same. Mm-hmm. Like they they hang on to that structure, but maybe they stop, you know, going to church, but but they keep that that um, infrastructure in place, uh, which is great. I mean, if that's if you know if they keep up the religious part, that's great. But if it's bringing these people together in the spirit of you know helping each other, then I guess you know that's positive. Going back to Trey Parker and Matt Stone, um, you know, one of your first professional gigs here in the city when you moved here was being a voiceover artist. That's you did uh, a cartoon. Uh, yeah, I did. I did several cartoons. I started actually when I was in high school. Oh wow! Um, in Omaha, yeah, um, with this cartoon called The Street Sharks. Okay. For Disney, yeah, it was very exciting. Um, Saturday morning cartoon, and um, and then continued with with that um, kind of through college. And did a series of you know like the Archie's. It was based on the Archie comic book. I did that for a couple of years and a couple of shows for PBS, and then a lot of things for like Warner Brothers and Fox that right. were like Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh. And I did a lot of that um, sort of anime stuff. Cool. Well, <laughs> well, well, last <laughs> night um, on um, South Park there was a Broadway episode. I know there Bobby Lopez was, was uh, involved with he that. He was heavily. a co-writer. Yeah, yeah. Would you ever want to you know do something with uh, the South Park folks? Oh my God, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Yeah, I um, as I was, I was telling you, I was out in Los Angeles for my vacation, and I got to visit the South Park Ranch um, or the the South Park Studios, which is uh, it's pretty massive and um, really amazing. Uh, all the people that that work on those episodes. Um, but yeah, no, I would love to. I would love to be a part of that. But it, I think it's a it's a pretty tight group over there. It's yeah. a pretty small group of and they and they work so quickly and so well together. I think that like. You know, guest stars are sort of few and far between over there because it it maybe would throw a wrench in there. Yeah. I mean, it's a little factory out there. The the way that they crank those episodes out is is really impressive. Six and, days, six they days. Do it in six yeah. days. That's yeah, amazing. It's just a great um, sort of documentary on Comedy Central about yeah. how they do it. And um, sixty minutes also did a nice a nice piece on them and sort of how they they put together their shows. It's it's incredible how fast they move. I heard the guys made you a uh, an actual cartoon character. They did. They did. The um, the storyboard um, team over there made me like an Elder Price character, uh, which was really amazing. Which was yeah, very very cool. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, the Book of Mormon, from what I understand, is being turned into a film, a movie musical down the line. Well, what I have, don't know. What have you I heard about that? I have not heard anything. I know there was a, a, some someone created an IMDb page, which apparently anyone can do. Oh, really? Um, and it started um, it started quite a chain of of rumors, but I don't think that. That anyone is really too focused on that. I think the next sort of um, the big focus for for us, the Book of Mormon, is uh, the tour, which will start next year, and also um, there's a company that uh, will be starting in Chicago um, next uh, year as well. So, so that's sort of the next you know big thing for for the South Park for the Book of Mormon team is is getting that tour up. So great, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about you as an actor and growing up and, and wanting to be an actor for our listeners who are aspiring actors. Sure. Andrew, when did you know uh, that you were going to pursue a career um, in acting? You know, I guess I was probably – I was lucky enough to grow up near a children's theater um, that my my parents sort of put me in classes in and it was pretty – uh, it was like Saturday mornings you go and it was – I mean it was pretty elementary sort of acting stuff. Um but was exciting, and then I was like nine, I guess, when I started taking those classes. But then, like, just a few years after that, maybe like eleven or twelve, I remember really sort of thinking, "No, I think, I think this is what I want to do." It was, it was one particular Tony Awards. Um, it was a year that the Who's Tommy and Blood yeah. Brothers, and I think Romance Romance was nominated that year. And there's another big Spider Woman because of the Spider Woman, yeah. Um, and I remember watching that particular Tony's telecast and being so blown away by sort of the, the music and the performances and the, like there were these guys doing like singing like really cool like rock music and um, yeah, it just seemed I was like I think that's I think that's what I what I want to do. And then when I started to sort of learn more about it, and I remember watching there's that Into the Woods. It was on PBS. I remember watching that and being that sort of really sealing the deal that. Is something that I wanted to pursue heavily, and my, and much to my, you know, surprise and and relief, my family completely um, backed me up, and they never, they never once like doubted that that was something that I would, I would do, and they're always very supportive of, of uh, seeing me in shows in Omaha, and then when I said that I was going to, you know, go to college um, in New York, they were very supportive of that. So. Um, it's pretty nuts. Like there was never – I was never made to feel like that was not a possibility, hmm. um, which I think is is I'm super fortunate, particularly coming from Omaha, Nebraska, that no one ever batted an eye at that. I mean I had some teachers in high school that were a little like, you might want to study harder and think of a backup plan. But um, – Well, they're getting the last laugh, well, right? I get, well, yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Who would you look up to? Um, who were your favorite actors growing up? Um, perform. I mean, you know, like I said, Jim Carrey. That was a big one in movies and stuff. That I'm, you know, remember looking at him. People would, all, you know, as a kid, people would say that I look like him. They're like, you look like Jim Carrey. So I think maybe I gravitated towards that a little bit. Um, Broadway wise, I remember. Um, I mean, obviously, there's like that that whole Into the Woods cast was like really very influential on me. That show was epic. That show was epic, and the Who's Tommy was a big deal for me too. And I um. I remember trying to sing like Jonathan DeCuchitz, who Jonathan DeCuchitz played Captain Walker yeah, in, that, yeah. in that production of Tommy and the Who's Tommy, and I um, 
then later did Hairspray with him. And I tried and tried as like a 13, 14 year old boy to sound like Jonathan DeKuchitz, um and tried to like make myself like sound like that, which just seems so crazy now. But um, I told him that and he was really, uh, I think, pleased and horrified. But um, but it's people like that that really had like a, you know, um, a great influence on sort of what I wanted, you know, the type of things that I wanted to do. Um, I remember be, like becoming sort of obsessed with like everything that James Lapine had worked on, yeah. and like really like like reading all of the shows that he wrote, and like listening to all of those albums and stuff. And and then a few years ago, I got to do this workshop of Little Miss Sunshine, which right. he wrote with Bill Finn. Um, and it's so just so crazy to me that like I would get to have that opportunity and sit in a room with him and have him you know rewrite lines for me. I mean things. It's just it's so so crazy how life can turn out sometimes but um that was the, he was a big influence on me as well james Pine. yeah how long are you scheduled to be in mormon for and i know little miss sunshine is still in development so is yeah. that is that a possibility that you would maybe um i, don't, I mean I'm, i still have um you know uh i don't think it's a big secret that we all signed to a to a, a year there at the, the book of mormon but i um am am looking forward to sticking around um longer and also have some you know other you know opportunities coming up but um but but mainly no my my focus is is on being at the uh, the Book of Mormon for for a while so I just I love doing it I love being a part of the show and um the the just nightly it, it it's it's still so thrilling to me to get to be a part of it so I'm I'm very happy to be to be sticking around there that's so great Thanks, if you Frank. weren't you're welcome Andrew <laughs> Thanks Frank if you weren't an actor Andrew what would you be oh God um I don't I don't even know you know I I. I think in an alternate universe, I might be a news anchor. Oh. I feel like I have the hair for it. Um, so I, I might should look out. Right? I know. I might be coming after your job in New York <laughs> 1 if, if this doesn't work out. Lane Michelle said the same thing. Did she? She did. Well, no. <laughs> look out, Roma. Look out. Look out. We're coming. Leah and I are going to take over New York 1 next year. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> as soon as she graduates from Glee... And I get too old to be in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, we'll be we'll be coming. <laughs> wow, um, I did a li- bit of a tweet stalking and saw that you posted on your Twitter feed that you um you know obviously were out in L.A. and you were talking to some yep. big uh, film execs. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to see you on film and TV? Well, I'm, I get to do a uh, I, I last year shot a, a series for HBO called Girls, which starts airing in April, mm-hmm. um, which Lena Dunham and Judd Apatow uh, created and uh, are producing. So I'm very excited about that, and um, we'll hopefully continue that. And we'll see. We'll see what the next few months hold, but. Uh, it's a very, very exciting time. That's so great. Um, and, I mean, the best cast on Broadway, huh? I'm so happy to be a part of it. Yeah. So happy. Great. Well, Andrew, thanks so much. Thanks, Frank. Our engineer for this program is Chad Bernhard. Downstage Center is recorded in the CUNY TV radio studio at the City University of New York's Graduate School of Journalism in Manhattan. Along with this program, all of the Wing's educational media programs are available online, on demand, for free from the AmericanTheaterWing.org. If you're a regular listener to Downstage Center, please remember that we are a not-for-profit organization and consider making a financial contribution to help support our work. Just visit the website and click Support ATW. For Downstage Center and the American Theater Wing, I'm Heather Hitchens. Thanks for listening. <laughs>